This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. I feel like I'm in a cartoon series. I really do after that opening. Every, every every day, it's like I turn around and there's Dopey, Sneezy, and Grumpy, you know? But I think some of our listeners would probably say this feel, sounds a bit like a cartoon series. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. it is supposed to be the garden <clears throat> show, but yes. it's, it's fun in the garden, right? Well, we have a lot of fun. Uh, matter of fact, uh, hi there. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. And uh, to my left, of course, doesn't matter to you, does it? Uh, <laughs> is Charlie Dobbin, the uh, master gardener who answers your questions and we invite your calls, don't we? We do. Yeah, we so I better give the phone numbers. We love the people calling, and we love them asking questions, and we also love them sharing tips and ideas that are working yeah. in their gardens. Yeah. Uh, 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto listeners. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free number for you, one 740 there we are. Uh, the mantra? Oh, and the mantra is, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> call early, call often, one question per call, or Patrolman Proctor will be writing you a ticket. That's there right. You go. And you're good at that. Oh, yeah. You sound like a nice guy, but you're uh, nasty. Tough, I'm, tough I'm a nasty guy underneath. Underneath it all. All right. A couple <laughs> of quick announcements. Uh, I have mentioned a couple of these in the past. This is just a, a reminder, an update today that the, at the Humber Arboretum, the Etobicoke Master Gardeners as well are coming together to present a huge free community event. For more information about that, humberarboretum.on.ca. Also today, the Harrison and District 10th Annual Garden Festival is happening from 8 o'clock in the morning till 2 p.m. So better get going if you're going to that one. Mill Street Park in Harrison. Tomorrow, a garden tour through the Cabbage Town Preservation Association, hidden gardens and private spaces. Uh, the tickets include a map. It's a self-directed um, tour, and there's gardeners on site to help answer any questions. And what's interesting, of course, is that for the Cabbage Town area, mm. one of the things that many of the questions are about is using small spaces, you know, gardening yeah, in a small yeah. space, the challenges of urban wildlife, Oh, that takes us back to raccoons and skunks, yes. etc. And choices of plants and other materials. When you get into that, the real, the sh- big old trees, very, very shallow soil, lots of concrete. How do you garden? Okay, exactly. So, good question. So good, good information there. For more uh, information, if you want to participate in the tour, CabbageTownPA.ca. All right, this is a cute one. This is happening on Tuesday, June mm. the 7th. Tony Fleischman, he's a longtime arborist and tree enthusiast. He's going to be revealing the secret sex lives of trees. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Centerfold coming up. During a lecture <laughs> from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the Royal Ontario Museum uh, in the Eaton Theatre. The event is being organized by LEAF. LEAF stands for Local Enhancement and Appreciation of Forests. <clears throat> the event is, it's a, which LEAF, of course, is a local not-for-profit organization dedicated to the protection and improvement of our urban forests. 
Well, keep in mind, most of us blindly travel around our cities with little regard to the seething sexuality of the urban forest. Mr. Fleischman will reveal a veritable red light district outside our <laughs> doorsteps. After hearing him speak, you'll never look at a tree in the same way again. Now, this is recommended for those who don't blush easily. Well, so that that's, rascal. That's pretty fun. So that's <laughs> Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock at ROM. Also, Tuesday, June 7th, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society general meeting, free lecture on outdoor living rooms for grilling, dining, and relaxing, brought to you by Angie Menon from Pathways to Perennials. The Scarborough Garden and Hort Society meets at Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. Um, now, one more thing is garden tours. Yeah. We, I mentioned last week the, the Through the Garden Gate Tour, mm-hmm. which is in Swansea Village this year, uh, brought to all of us by the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Um, rather than me going on and on about it right now, though, we will have a special guest with us later on. Uh, Paul Zamet is joining us, and he is the horticultural director of the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and he's going to fill us in not only on the Through the Garden Gate tour, but some of the other events that are going on at TBG. Yeah, they got some good stuff planned, I Oh, they got great yeah. stuff going on. So more, more about the TBG later when Paul joins us. All righty then. So, my friends, uh, David... Gaskin has been busy lining up the uh, phones in the next room there, and we'll be back to talk to our friends in particular. We're going to uh, Marta in Guelph. I believe that's Marita. Marita? I'm sorry. Oh, Marita, yes. It's okay. Get your glasses on. Didn't have the screen on there. All right. (laughs) right. Uh, We'll be back to talk to Marita in just a couple of moments. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And here we go on a Saturday morning uh, saying hi to Marita in Guelph. Welcome to the show, Marita. Thank you. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I have a question for you. I have a lilac bush Mm -hmm. sitting in my side yard. Mm -hmm. It's approximately four years old. And it's not blooming. And last year, it only had two or three blooms. And the first two years, or I think the first year, it had lots of blooms. And I'm wondering whether it's because I have been cutting it back to keep it manageable. That's very likely. And I, and I cut it back in the fall, and I'm wondering oh. now whether I should maybe transplant it where I don't have to cut it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there you are. You've both you know, asked and answered. Um, lilacs, a couple of things. They need lots of sun, so it should be growing in a, get sun. in a spot where not only can it achieve its full size without being constantly haircut, but also that sort of six hours plus direct sunlight daily will help with the creation of flower buds. Mm -hmm. The trick with flowering shrubs, if we're going to prune them at all, is we prune them right after they finish flowering. And then we do not touch them again until the following year, and we prune them right after they finish flowering. So if you prune prune it until September. Right. And you pruned off all the flower buds. Mm -hmm. Because they set lilacs set their buds in the fall. They are there all winter. And come spring, come warmth, all those little flower buds open. So that's probably why you're not seeing but any flowers this year, is they got pruned off last fall. Oh, okay. okay so so now that there aren't any flowers, when should I be pruning it? Well, if you're going to need to prune it between now and this time next year, so if it's going to, you know, recognize it's going to grow, what, you know, five, six inches this year perhaps. Mm-hmm. So envision it that much bigger. If you're going to need to do any pruning between now and then, Prune it now. 
Oh, okay. Or okay. else I can just leave it till next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The trick with lilacs is we always prune the dead flowers when they're finished. Mm-hmm. That way we remove the seeds being formed because the last thing you want to do is have your lilac put a lot of energy into seed formation. Uh, so we take off the dead flowers. Then if pruning is required for size or shape or anything like that, do it then when you're removing the dead flowers. Oh, okay, because the ones in my in my backyard, um, most of them are doing really well, and mm-hmm. I never prune them. But there is one at the end, which uh, also only bears a few flowers. So maybe while the as soon as the flowers are gone, mm-hmm. I should prune that one. Yeah, absolutely. And right. it's, like I say, it's always a good idea to take off the past flowers rather than have them hang on there and, like I say, form seeds. Yeah, right. Okay-do. Well, you've answered my question. Very good. Well, actually, you did. <laughs> okay. yeah. Oh, I have one other quick one. Can you use lime and sulfur? On a Japanese snowball, there's something eating the leaves that they become lacy. Mm, okay, so I'm going to let you get away with this, but Frank's writing a ticket as we speak. I'm writing a ticket? You, you snuck in a second question. Um, <laughs> you know what you've got? The snowball bush is a viburnum. There is an insect on there called a viburnum leaf beetle, which is, as we speak, voraciously chewing and removing the leaves on the plant from the underneath. So you might not see the insects because they're on the underside of the leaves. They're little tiny black guys. Uh, The lime sulfur will not affect them whatsoever. You could, if if it's not raining at your house and there's a good chance it's not going to rain for a couple hours, get out there. You could spray uh, soap onto them to annihilate a few. You could use a pyrethrin, like a bug-be-gone type spray. Uh, you could even use horticultural oil uh, if it's in a, you know, you add enough water to it because it's you don't want to put it on at too high a strength. Bottom line is there are insects doing that damage, and the sooner you annihilate the insects, the better, because all the leaves will be gone very quickly. So soapy water. Not detergent, soap. <clears throat> 40 to 1 ratio, water to soap. One, or like regular hand soap? Well, usually people will use, um, it's like a, a, it could be a dish soap, but the point is it can't be, det- it's not detergent. Oh, okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You escaped that ticket very oh, handily there. Boy, that only, only through the graces of Charlie, though, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> nine, nine eighteen. our time here as we uh, say hi to John calling from Toronto. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, my question is, um, I noticed on one of my transplants, I forget now which one, um, <clears throat> on the directions it uh, said, uh, don't use rainwater. Mm. Okay, uh, transplant as in, a v- you're talking about out of a book or something, or a vegetable that you're transplanting? or um, Yes, vegetable. So right on a tag that was on the plant, it said, do not use rainwater when watering. Well, yeah. Well, just said, don't use rainwater. It's weird. Uh, Would it be because it's a little acid? Technically, yes, the rainwater is a little acid, but it isn't usually a problem in our very clay-based soils in uh, southern Ontario. I, well, how do you avoid, I mean, rain? From, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. How do you avoid rain from falling on the garden? Ah, uh, true, true. This is not an indoor plant we're talking about. This is an outdoor garden plant. Mm-hmm. Huh. I have no idea. Now, except for some people, we collect our, well, for most of us, when we collect our rainwater, yes. we collect it off the roof. That's like it, what I do. So, so as do I. Now, depending on what, see, some people might have a roof that has... 
something coming off of the roof affecting the quality of the water, depending on what your roof surface is. Right. So it might just be connected to something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in the urban environment, I know a lot of raccoons tend to use rooftops as their personal toilets. <laughs> so that can, can affect, obviously, the quality of the water. So right. they, they might be in a reference to something like that, just that something's getting picked up by rainwater in the barrels. But no, generally speaking, rainwater is the best. Yeah, I've always used it. Yeah, absolutely. I would never hesitate to use it. And mine's off uh, just a shed, which mm-hmm. is... Um plastic roof. Perfect. Exactly. And that's, yeah. yeah. So, I, was just, uh, I was just curious. Yeah. So double check. See if you can figure out which plant that, that label or that tag was attached to. Yeah. And let me know because I'd be interested or, you know, sort of. Why that advice would be yeah, given. Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd, odd bit of advice for a plant that's outside. I mean, yeah. yeah. How do you stop the rain? You, you buy the plant and an umbrella. <laughs> that's you know, right. that's about it. That's what we do, yep. <laughs> okay, then. Thank you, John. Thanks, Thank you John. Very much. Interesting, uh, interesting call there. I know. Ah, a little uh, complex. Complex, I Complexity. should say. Complexity. Yes, yes. Um, it, it confused confusing. the devil of me. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not confused at all. About, you know what I received in the mail? And I, I can't tell you how quick the service was from the folks at Sierra Zone. I knew you were going to say that. I, I sent them a little email mm-hmm. and said, whoops, I'm getting Help. low on the pill. And bam, like it was uh, within two days. Wow. A, a special, you know, the they sent it. Priority yeah, post or whatever, yeah. express post, all Wonderful. the way from Vancouver. Now, that might have been because of that potential uh, postal strike. They were trying oh, to make sure you got so. it. But, but no, they're very good. The, thanks to the gang out there. The Sierra Sill folks in Vancouver are all over customer service. Yep. That is, I mean, they provide a product that they're very proud of and both you, Frank, and I yep. recognize it works for us. Uh, stiff, creaky joints or any kind of aches in the joints, Sierra Sill is a mineral um, tablet that we take that helps alleviate any of that stiffness. And it does work for most people. If it doesn't work for you, you're given a 14-day money-back guarantee. If you f- don't feel any better, the Sierra Sil folk will not only refund your money, but also the cost of delivering the product to your home uh, via mail or however you had it delivered. So they're, they're great that way. They're really good people. If you want any more information, check their website, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call. One eight seven seven joint fourteen. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM seven forty Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scotts and Frank Proctor, the sous chef here, reminding you one more time: call early, call often, one question per call. Okay, hi Dorothy, welcome to uh, the show. Here. Welcome back, hi Dorothy. Yes. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, my problem is rose bushes. Now, last fall. Uh, my neighbor threw out the rose bushes to make room for a hockey rink. Mm-hmm. So I resurrected them, put them in my garden, and they're thriving, except mm-hmm. one. Now, they've got so big, and I'm beginning to wonder, um, should I fertilize it? Keep in mind that when we things are big and we fertilize, they get bigger. Oh. <laughs> so how do the leaves look? They're nice and green and healthy. Yes, and they got buds on them. I never had such big rose bushes before. Well, I wonder, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of roses out there. Is it possible that these are, are like shrub roses? These are going to be big monster? No, because when I looked at them before, they look like ordinary roses. So they've shot. But I think they're grandiflora. Oh, my. But I'm not sure. Okay. Well, you know what a grandiflora is? It's a single stem. Yeah. Tall single stem, just like like a, yeah. a cut rose or a, a hybrid tea rose, but instead of having a single bud, it has multi buds on that yeah. long stem. Well, I think some are like that. Anyway, on my own bushes, mm-hmm. the ones that I've had for 
five years, half, like half the side is dead. Hmm. Did you do your spring pruning? Yes. Okay, so you took off all the dead in the spring. Yeah. And since then, green growth has started to grow. So the dead is newly arrived, obviously new death on on your older roses, or this is just some dead that's left over from last year? uh, On the part that I've uh, sort of dead, Mm -hmm. uh, nothing grows. It's the other side of the rose bush that's growing. Well, you know how it works. The, the, the sunny side, the south or the southwestern side, is typically the brightest and the warmest, and that's where we'll see if, if the live canes are usually on that, quite often on that side, and that's where all the growth comes from. So with, with roses, the trick is if it's a green cane, it's a shiny cane, it's alive. If it's brown or black or wizened or at all, you know, not looking good, just cut the whole thing off right at ground level. I would, how I would I sim- get it to grow again? And the part that I cut off. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd actually move the whole house and turn it <laughs> oh, so stop. it gets the, <laughs> the house. different sunlight. Right, good yeah. idea. Or the earth. We could spin the earth. Yes. Um, well, Dorothy, you, what you're going to do by removing all the dead, you open up space for live to grow. And if, like you said, your older roses are looking a little wimpy compared to these neighbor's roses, trim off all that dead on your roses. Yeah. Double check that there's no obvious reason why they're dying. Make sure there's no insects on there or anything causing a problem. Sometimes I get a white spot. This is last year. Uh Uh, I get a white spot on the leaf. White sort of fuzzy uh, surface. Well, sort of white. And then I see a little hole. Okay. Roses are tasty. They are uh, sweet plants. We know that from our own experience, uh, having, you know, used rose petals for lots of things. So I don't, you know, recognize that it's quite uh, appropriate to spray as required with insecticides or fungicides that are available for roses to avoid problems. But for now, definitely, if you haven't fertilized, do fertilize because spring is the time to feed all our garden plants. Before the buds come out. I mean, before the yeah. roses come sure. from the buds. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Anytime, if you haven't fertilized this spring, get on it because you do want to fertilize and roses are heavy feeders. So okay. do Thank look after them that way. Fine. Thanks ever so much. Okay, Thanks, Dorothy. Dorothy. Thank you. Bye. 9.28 here at AM 7.40. <laughs> As we say hello to Pat, uh, calling from Grafton. Hey, how are things in Grafton, Pat? Um, a little damp this morning, but not too bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just a little gray here as well. Yeah, no, it's it's actually raining a bit here. Okay. And the the water is part of my question. Mm-hmm. I live in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, the lots are two, three acres in size. Mine happens to be three. The water table is quite high, so all of us have a ditch or a swale Mm -hmm. between the properties. So there's standing water. Uh, I have a a little pond on my backyard just because of the water. When it's dry, the pond goes away. Mm -hmm. But we all know standing water produces Mm -hmm. mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you know of I can put in the water that's environmentally safe but will kill mosquitoes? I the, do, the larvae. Yeah, I, yes, I do. But I don't know the brand name off the top of my head. So let me uh, see if I can get that for you, and I will announce that later in the show. Okay. There are some products out there for exactly what your issue is. Um, even sometimes people, I mean, you shouldn't ever have a rain barrel without a lid or a screen on the top. Mm-hmm. But for people that do end up with mosquitoes breeding in their rain barrels, it's the exact same product that you use. And it's usually, it's a larvicide that goes into the water to kill the mosquito larvae, which are swimming around in there ready to emerge and come out and suck our blood. 
Yeah, exactly. I probably need a tanker truck full, but you know. <laughs> well, yeah. If, maybe if it stops raining, your your water you, you'll see that pond shrink a bit. Obviously, that goes up and down with the with the kind of rain, and this has been a very wet spring. Yeah, but the the uh, the swales, the ditches are full of water. Always have water. Oh, do they? Oh, unless okay. we get a, a real drought. Yeah, yeah, like three or four weeks of no rain. Yeah, it's just the way the water t- table is here. Yeah, like my well casing is about three feet out of the ground. Wow! Holy and God. water overflows out of it about nine months out of the year. Wow! You yeah. have a good water supply. I was going to yeah. say yeah. it's wonderful There's water, some... and it's not hard water. Wow! That's that's great. Lucky. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. It's one of those things. Eh? You can't. Yep. You'd either be unhappy because you're running out of water, or you know, too much water. And of course, a year like this, this is just not good with the mosquitoes. So leave that with me. Let me see what I can find out. Keep listening, and I'll see if I can announce what I would recommend you use in within the next half hour. Okay, great. Thank Thanks, you Pat. so much. Thank you. Bye bye. And uh, we have a special guest. We do. We do. I had mentioned earlier, we have our very own Paul Zamet joining us. He has, his, his title has changed a little bit. He's been the horticultural director of the Toronto Botanical Gardens up until recently. Right. Now he's the Nancy Eaton director of horticulture for the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Charlie. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And how are you? Good. All right, just tell, explain for the listeners who's Nancy Eaton and why is, why is her name affiliated with yours now? Nancy Eaton um, is a member of the Eaton family who has been very generous in terms of their support for the Toronto Botanical Garden and mm-hmm. our programs and our events over many, many years. And this is, this is one way that we can show our gratitude and appreciation for the continued support that the, the family and the funds have um, and the, the estate has provided towards the gardens. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Well, well it's nice there, to recognize please. people when they really help you yeah. out like that, isn't yeah. it? Well, so there is so much going on at uh, TBG or Toronto Botanical Gardens right now. Uh, it seemed only appropriate to get you to come on the show and tell our listeners some of the cool things that are going on. I have already given them a bit of an intro to the, the Garden Gate Tour this year, but tell us, is, is it next week or the week after? It's the weekend of June the 11th, 11th. and 12th, so, so it's next, next week, weekend. Saturday and Sunday, yep. That's correct, and it is 22 gardens, and we just did another run through yesterday um, to, to finalize some of the plants that are coming into bloom, because this season has caused a little bit of a, a challenge, things being a little bit behind, uh-huh. and uh, I think people are really in store for just seeing the Swansea Village area, a unique part of the city, and how people are handling or dealing with uh, rolling topography and hillsides, and mm-hmm. it, it's a really great way to get some ideas of what you can do in your own garden space. Well, which is why we typically go on garden tours is just to peek into backyards that we don't normally get a chance to see exactly. and, and see neat combinations that we might not have thought of. Um, or like you said, it's I was on the preview tour with you and for sure there's some serious terrace gardening and steep hillsides and ravine lots. Mm-hmm. And so, there is. And uh, people, people planning to take this certainly need to be aware of that. Um, mm, there is some terrain, so yeah. really wear comfortable walking shoes uh-huh. and plan to climb up and down. You'll, you'll really test your lungs on this one. <laughs> and take a camera, you know. Uh, certain. Take, yeah. Always take a camera. Take a you know a hat if it's sunny, a umbrella if it's raining, and if it is raining, I think you'll, you're you're going to probably want to not allow too many people going down some of those staircases. We'll, we'll have people positioned in, in specific locations yeah. to be cautious of the um, slopes and, and stairways. Absolutely. Which brings up one of the things that TBG does so well. This garden tour has multi master gardeners positioned in each of the gardens. Am I right? 
That's correct. And it's a really great way to see how people use their space. Or if you have questions, mm-hmm. ask the master gardeners. Identify something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a similar situation and I live in this zone. What mm-hmm. could you recommend? Mm-hmm. The master gardeners are a wealth of information and ideas. And we are very fortunate to have a wonderful partnership with them. And as a result, you can visit the gardens, get inspired, and ask master gardeners for ideas, suggestions, and identifications. Yeah, because they have all the information there. They sure do. And they love to share it. They absolutely do. Okay, so how do people get tickets? Well, they can get tickets by going online, or they can also get them the day of the event, or visit the TBG. We have them available in their shop, mm-hmm. and there's also a number of retailers that are that are selling them, such as Sheridan Nurseries, mm-hmm. Bill's Garden Center, or Plant World, and all that information is outlined on our webpage. Right, which is TorontoBotanicalGarden.ca. Exactly. Okay. All right, so there's that happening next weekend. Mm-hmm. I know... What else is going on? We have wonderful programs. We have our summer music series on Thursday night starting at the end of June. So it's a free uh, program where you come into the garden and there will be assorted different artists playing um, music. Mm -hmm. We have all our many different educational programs. We're very excited that we have new um, bees at the Toronto Botanical The bees build a garden specifically for them in our library courtyard so you can observe them from mm-hmm. the building or from within the library. Um, so many things that way. We're continuing to work on our very exciting woodland walk and right. we're uh, lining up all our fall programs as well. Not to mention for children, connecting children back yeah. to nature is yeah. so important. Yeah. We've got our summer camps, which I suspect are filling up extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, many opportunities. They're great camps. And you have a new children's garden under construction, do you not? Or, or I guess starting? Right. We have a, a new temporary installation coming into play very, very soon. So watch the webpage. We're extremely, extremely excited about that. And we're working with the incredible designer, Gary Smith. And then for 2012, we'll be actually installing the larger garden. Neat. Uh, so much so much to see and do. I know, I know. It's amazing how gardens lend themselves to so many, whether it's like you're saying, music or education or art or any of that. Now, I notice there's something else going on a bit odd. Tool talk, pizza, and beer at TBG. Oh, I like. I'll attend that one. <laughs> I was That's gonna say. correct. That's a Father's Day celebration <laughs> with Mark Cullen and Dennis Flanagan, and you know the two of them getting together. I, I'm not sure exactly how much horticulture there's going to be. But I was going to say it's going to be a lot of laughter and celebration, and we're very, very excited about that. So the idea is: do bring your own, bring questions, bring your tools, get them sharpened. I mean, what what's the? They'll, what? be, they'll be identifying their very favorite tools uh-huh. and tricks, uh-huh. and it, it's it meant to be a fun evening uh-huh. to celebrate dad and to celebrate being in the garden and we're hoping that it's actually going to take place in the garden weather depending right. um, but certainly bring your questions your, your problem solutions both Dennis and Mark are a wealth of knowledge and, and bring your spirit as well and a, a bit of an appetite and some thirst I should say I was going to say and be thirsty because you know Dennis and Mark have a lot to say about beer having done some world travels together and pub crawls together over the years they're pretty good friends the two of them especially Dennis from what I've heard so. <laughs> Well, he is, he is English, after all. It's, uh, he was born in a pub, I think. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> so that event, the Boys' Night Out event, is Wednesday, June the 22nd Correct. in the evening. So 7 to 9 p.m. Now, that is something that you register in advance for, am I right? We do require that, yes, please. And okay. um, once again, the information is online, or you can also call um, the registration line and call a reception line and get the, get the information necessary for registration. That's a fun gift to give Dad, though 
if you, if dad's yeah. got everything, what more would dad want other than to hang with Mark and Dennis and drink some beer and talk tools? <laughs> and the opportunity to spend time with someone. I mean, I know my parents will, will always say to me, don't get me any more stuff. Because yeah. they value is spending time together. together. And what a perfect way in a wonderful environment with two inspiring and engaging and fun individuals. <laughs> wow. They're going to want to quote you on that one, I think. I'm telling you. <laughs> they, somebody paid for that <laughs> little <laughs> phrase. Okay, I see one more thing. There's a bunch of food events going on. Tasting Tastes of the Garden upcoming. That's correct. In and July. We're celebrating our, our kitchen garden this year has an Irish theme, so we're, of course, planting a number of potatoes for people to be able to appreciate. And these are what these events are. They're evening events that happen next one in July and then in August and then September. And they're based on samples from the garden. And we're working with a local chef um, from our cafe who will tempt and taste you on how to handle material that comes from the garden. Mm-hmm. I'll also do portion tours through the garden and show you where our edibles are at, what stage they're at. Mm-hmm. And this year is posing a little bit of a challenge or more of a learning experience because some things are a little bit behind, others are advanced. Um, so it's a great way to experience the garden, satisfy a little bit of an appetite and learn some t- tips and tricks. And like you're right, seeing the plants in the garden can make such a difference because you know, some of us really struggle. Okay, let me tell you my struggle. I planted a bunch of vegetables this year, uh-huh. um, more than I have for many years. Okay. And for the first time, I planted some seeds. I've been typically, you know, going out there with starter plants of tomatoes and that sort of thing. But this year, I've got peas and beans and chard and all that going in by seed. Well, it's been so many years since I planted seed that I'm out there like every hour <laughs> looking to see, waiting for them to emerge from the earth. I'm, I'm getting so antsy. I almost want to dig down and see, where are those seeds? Why haven't they come up yet? Well, it's just extremely exciting to see that happen. You see that in the children, but I have to say, something I get more excited about is watching a lot of the adults. Yeah. There seems to be a, a disconnect, and sometimes people don't realize where things come from. So last year, we grew potatoes in recycling bins, yeah. and when we were showing how to harvest them, the adults were almost pushing the children out of the way because <laughs> they became more excited. <laughs> they wanted to go exactly as planned, but the enthusiasm <laughs> to see that they can get potatoes, fresh dug potatoes, out of recycling bins. Exactly. So you just dump the bin for harvesting, don't you? Exactly. Quick and easy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's great, Paul. You guys have so much going on. What a fun place. It sure is. It You're sure is. And you should see all the creatures that are now coming mm-hmm. into the garden. We've got all sorts of hawks visiting. I just saw a Baltimore Oriole. We're seeing owls. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting to see nature coming back. That's right. And the pollinator garden that you've installed with the bees is all part and parcel of that flora and fauna and ecosystem support. It is, and we're also doing a study with the University of York on solitary bees or mason bees mm. to, to look at their nesting habits within a city environment. As you said, there is so much going on. So cool. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for Thanks. spending a few minutes with us today, and great good to, luck with all this going on. Yeah, Thanks great advice. to you both. All righty. Take care. See you later. Thank you. Uh, so just so everybody knows, it's Garden. .ca for any information on all those events that Paul was talking about. Exactement. Yeah, uh, Eva is waiting on the line from Mississauga. And Eva, we're going to come right to you after these words on The Garden Show here at AM740, hosted, of course, by Charlie Dubbin. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And I'm the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming Eva from Mississauga to the line. Hi, Eva, good morning. Taking my call. 
Yes. I Morning. have a problem with the bougainvillea. Mm-hmm. I bought it from the garden store and had lots of blooms on it, but now it just looks like it's dead twigs. Oh, really? Drop all its leaves and everything? Yeah. Uh, okay, you got it outside, I assume? I have a solarium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots of sun, and that's where I have it. Uh, and when did you buy it? Uh, about a month ago. Okay. So, okay, if it dropped all its leaves, I can only assume that happened for one of two reasons, either too much water or not enough water. Did you water it? Were you watering it consistently or, or feeling the soil before you watered? Yeah, I, I was feeling the soil before I watered. Uh-huh. And did it dry right out or were you keeping it moist or what were you doing? Um, I was watering it about approximately once a week. Mm-hmm depending on the, the soil. Okay, so that's fine. But the leaves just started turning yellow and falling off. They just dropped off. Hmm. Uh, okay, a couple of reasons. You know, it's hard to diagnose things like this over the radio, but generally speaking, what a bougainvillea wants is a bright, sunny spot, which it sounds like you have in your solarium, right. but happy and fairly high temperatures. Of course, they don't want it to be sauna-type temperatures, but, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're tropical plants. They're They're very attuned to high temperatures and lots of, you know, sun and all that sort of thing. Keep watering as required, so don't let them dry right out into a desert because that would be too dry, but not being kept constantly moist is important as well. So checking every two, three days, watering thoroughly so the water goes through the holes in the bottom of the pot into the saucer below, allow that water to be absorbed, you know, out of the saucer back into the pot. If it doesn't get absorbed, give it 10 or 15 minutes, dump it out, and just keep, you know, every three or four or five or however many days, water thoroughly. This time of year when plants are flowering and should be actively growing, we fertilize with just like a miracle grow is a very good fertilizer for bougainvillea. Mm-hmm. Every two weeks at the most, you would use some miracle grow. If suddenly the leaves drop for no apparent reason, it could be that that, in- that plant came with insects on it that are tiny, tiny little spider mites or something that you weren't seeing. Okay. Um, I would be inclined to, uh, immediately when I was having a problem, I'd always be inclined to take it back to the store I got it from and assume that there's something wrong with the plant rather than something wrong with what you're doing if right. what you're doing is, you know, is good common sense. Um, would transplanting it help? If it's a, just a brown stick in a pot right now? Um, it's got two branches. And there's leaves on the two branches? No, there are no more leaves. They've all fallen off. Okay. The, I wouldn't do any transplanting because transplanting is stressful and obviously the plant is already in stress as it is. Okay. It is in a pot with drainage holes though, right? Yeah. Okay. The one thing you can do is say to yourself, okay, maybe it's gone into shock for some reason and gone completely dormant, but it's still alive. Okay. So you could trim trim it back. The uh-huh. little the, You said there's two branches. Trim back the two branches, uh, you know, even an inch or so. That can force dormant buds to grow that are currently there, but you can't see them because they're under the bark. And that can sometimes force a plant to start growing again. Make sure it's not in a wet, soggy situation. If it has no leaves on it, it sh- don't be watering it yeah. uh, because it's not using water. So don't water it until you start to see some leaves growing. Um, oh. But if it's bone dry right now, cut it back, water once, leave it alone until you start to see some green growth. Okay, thank you so much. Thank You're you, welcome. Eva. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the show from a, a Kitchener uh, caller. My gosh, Ingrid, good morning. Oh, How are good you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for your show. It's very informative Great. and helpful. Uh, I have two plants that I nursed all winter in the house called a selenium and a mandevilla. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're actively growing mm-hmm. uh, in my pots. Uh, I moved them out onto the veranda in May. 
but I forgot to trim them back to produce blooms. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any blooms on either one of them. And last year, they were just full of blooms, at this, most plants. They were full of blooms at this time? Yes. And were they brand new to you last year? No. Okay. No. <clears throat> Probably what's going on is we've had a very different spring this year from compared to last spring. We were weeks ahead last year uh, on average, and this year we're weeks behind on average. So there's a bit of that going on. If there's no buds and you fail to do any pruning this spring, I did. I would prune it now. Prune them now. You would prune it now back sure. to one third. <clears throat> Absolutely, because oh. otherwise you're going to be kicking yourself in September when exactly. they're seven feet wide and you can't get them through the door. <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, don't don't. Have hesitate even if you do see some buds don't worry if you give them a real good, good cleaning pruning. clean clean pruning you'll find that they will set all kinds of buds for you remember to fertilize should i give them fertilizer too i would yes yeah okay thank you so much oh you're very welcome thanks thank for your you. calling yeah nice to hear from uh, the uh, kitchener waterloo area Always. we've been right around the countryside have we not uh, including we, we get around yeah we do get around <laughs> yeah hey listen just before we go to a break i want to quickly go back to pat's question mm. from grafton the high water table lots of water on the property lots of mosquitoes uh, a quick uh, internet search here i ended up on a website that is called the pond experts it is a canadian site they sell something called mosquito dunks Mosquito dunks are actually um, what are called biological controls. They apparently are now available in Canada. I guess they weren't at one time. They are made with BT, which is a Bacillus thuringiensis, which is a bacteria, but the variety is Israel, Israelensis. It's a highly specific biological pesticide that is um, used to control mosquito larvae. Once a month, you put these, it's like a, a dunk, it almost looks like a bit like a donut. Yeah. You drop one of these into wherever water accumulates around your home. You'll be rid of mosquitoes for the whole season. Each dunk will be effective for up to 100 square feet of surface water, regardless of depth. So there you go. That's what I would do. Get a hold of some mosquito dunks. You may be able to get them in a local, um, you know, home hardware or, uh, the, you know, Lowe's, that kind of store, or it may be an internet purchase, but they're $20 on the internet here if you want to do it over the internet. Six uh, in a pack there. There yeah. you go. Six in a pack. So we're happy shoppers and happy to pass that on to Pat and anybody else who has water issues. Okay. I, I have uh, a back issue, that, which I've mentioned to you Please share, before. yes. Yes, it's much, much better now because of Sierra Sil. I know. Listen to you. You yeah. are just becoming such a... Well, I'm telling you. Soapbox guy. <laughs> Sierra <laughs> Sil. We're going to make up a song, I think, to go with this. Oh, oh. There's the cheerleaders or something. Both Frank and I take a mineral supplement that helps with uh, achy joints and stiff uh, stiffness from getting down, crawling around. I've been gardening like crazy, and I know the knees really do start to feel it, as do my hands when I'm pruning a lot. Mm -hmm. So I find that the uh, Sierra Sil really helps. So if you have any stiffness, joint pain, check them out, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call, one joint 14 you supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor along for the ride here this morning. Uh, time is just zipping along here. You want to address this mosquito question one more one time, One more time. Right? Just yeah. uh, get your pens and pencils ready. Uh, another quick check here. 
You've heard of Rittenhouse, I'm sure. R-I-T-T-E-N House. They're, they've been around forever, it feels like, in St. Catharines. They're great suppliers of gardens, uh, items, really cool tools, actually. And uh, they have two items. They have the mosquito dunks that I just mentioned, D-U-N-K-S, little donuts. Drop them into your standing water, control larvas, lar- mosquito larvae up to 30 days. Or something that I've used called Aquabac. So... A-Q-U-A-B-A-C, Aquabac, which is a granular larvicide that goes, again, into standing water every 7 to 10 days, not harmful to wildlife, pets, or people. Alrighty, oh. there's the mosquito problem, and I'm just itching to get to our next caller here. <laughs> Who is Estelle in Toronto? Hi, Estelle. Last week, I... Yeah, go ahead. I uh, called in, uh, at least I listened late, and I got the end of a caller who was talking about essence salts around your plants. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could repeat the information. Oh, okay. So uh, what I said, I think we were, I forget what plant we were talking about. What plants are you growing that you're particularly oh, interested in? I've got a few vegetables and flowers and uh, dahlias and roses. Okay. Probably your best bet would be to go to the Epsom. Do you have access to the internet? No. Okay. So here you go then. I'm one of the... <laughs> well, your local library, you know, that's a good spot if you have some time. Take a take a swing by or the community center. They often have, you know, public access uh, computers because the Epsom Salt Council, all one word, dot org, is an amazing website. It tells you everything about Epsom salts. But the one page that has a little bit about plants and what to uh, how much to apply. It's really all about sprinkling Epsom salts on the surface of the soil around your plants, like your vegetables, your like tomatoes, peppers, roses, shrubs, even lawns can benefit from Epsom salts. It's the magnesium and the sulfur that Epsom salts are made out of, which are also required nutrients for the plants. So I could put them around my flowers too? Or? Yeah, a t- exactly. A t- what I would do, depending on how, whether you want to sort of go out there with a tablespoon and sprinkle a tablespoon around each plant, or you just want to put some gloves on and broadcast Epsom salts, like you're feeding the chickens kind of thing, onto the surface of the soil, and then of course get out your hose and make sure no little salt granules are sitting on the leaves of any of the plants, because that oh, would burn. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, they're they're highly touted as a wonderful addition to the garden, and your quality and quantity of fruit will be uh, quite uh, quite a bit higher than without the Epsom salts. How often would you do it? Just uh, you do it now, obviously when plants are actively growing, uh-huh. and then I think the idea is do it again about a month later. So oh. say early June and then early July, and then not again. Oh okay okay. Thank you. Thank you for the question. There's a good little Epsom salt lesson for us uh, as we sprinkle the... uh, 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 I'm looking at the clock here wondering, do we have time to take one more caller? I don't know. It depends. Do you want to chit-chat about anything? Uh, Well, (laughs) well, uh, no. Let's let's quickly... uh, All right. Betty and Hamilton. Yeah, she's been on the line. If she can ask real quick. Okay. Hi, Betty. Welcome to the show. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. (laughs) Hi. What's going Um, on? I have a butterfly bush that we've had for two years, and mm-hmm. it's like a stick right now. It's about six feet high, mm-hmm. and it just looks dead. Okay. So and we- I fed it miracle Grove, nothing. Okay. The trick with butterfly bush is every year they're supposed to grow up five or six feet. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the summer, we leave them alone. Everything dies back on the, the shrub. In the spring, it is all dead. Everything above ground, just like your perennials, it's all dead. Okay. So we trim our butterfly bush down. Usually, though, you will see little green buds down around ground level 
at the base of the plant. Really? If you see absolutely nothing, uh, I would still try. Give it a trim. Trim it right down so it's only, you know, an inch or two tall. Give it a week or two. If nothing green starts to emerge, then you're right. It's dead. Oh. It does happen. They do die sometimes. It just depends. We have cold spells without a lot of snow cover. The root gets killed. Yeah. Maybe I should have fed it the Sierra Phil that didn't work for me. <laughs> Frank, you know I told you about that. That's, that's right. Well, uh, th- oh, yeah, give me a call a little later in, in the show. I will. Okay? Yeah, thank you. But butter, yeah, butterfly bush is yeah. only hardy to zone five, so that might have been what's going on a bit oh, there okay. as well. Thank right, you, Betty. Thank you. Thanks, and good Bye. luck with that. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there. I'm glad we squeezed that one little uh, caller in there. Yes, you always I always get slapped are. on the on the wrist for trying to squeeze too many calls in. I know, but I'm you going lie. for the record, you know. I know you are. <laughs> that I'm going to go for. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. the cheering section in the background. So you've got a, a big show coming up. Yes, I do. Uh, Eleven to three. It's uh, live in the city and uh, some. Uh, Oh, extra! I'll having uh, having Bill Gable on as oh, he's doing neat. a remote today over at the Toronto Convention Center. The marijuana oh, show. Yeah, I want to yeah, hear more about really that. Really fascinating oh, stuff. Oh, good. All right. So, listen. Good luck with that. Thank you so much for all your great support. Pleasure, Charlie. Thanks, Dave, and thanks to all our callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM seven forty. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.